0: Yeah, it's huge blessing. It was total luck. I was like, oh my gosh, they're, they made a mistake. Yes, I got through. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, I uh, was born in Korea, came to the U.S. when I was two, um, and my father was an entrepreneur, uh, had his own business, but unfortunately, due to the 2008 downturn, it actually left my family in a really financial hardship, Um, and so since then, you know, I grew up in a low income household, and my parents were just trying to figure it out, and being a first-gen you know, student and not having any family members here in the U.S., you can imagine it's incredibly tough to navigate. Hey, like, what is this whole FAFSA process? What is this whole college graduation thing? What does that look like? Um, and so, you know, fortunately, my parents kept me and my brother on the right track. Um, I was able to attend Babson College, which is Business school in the Northeast, um, and that was the first time I've been surrounded. Well, first time I went further east in Arizona, which is actually <laughs> crazy. <laughs> um, and the second thing that was crazy to me was I was surrounded by people that were just dreaming of, hey, you know what? I can't wait to be the next CEO of you know this big company. Hey, I can't wait to start my next big company and become the next billion dollar company, mm-hmm. right? And so uh, fortunately, throughout my college career, I was surrounded by great mentors, great organizations, and I was actually the first intern at Google from my alma mater. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, it, huge blessing. It was total luck. I was like, oh my gosh, they made a mistake. <laughs> yes, I got through. <laughs> um, and then, uh, fast forward to that, after graduation in 2017, I start off my career as an analyst. Uh, eight months later, was then promoted which actually broke the fastest promotion record in the organization's history, wow. becoming a strategist. Uh, yeah, it was crazy. Another moment, super lucky. Um, and then uh, six months after that, strategy and operations manager. A year after that, I'm carrying my current role today as a senior strategy and operations manager. Um, and so that is my current full-time job. OnceUltin comes into the picture because my buddy, Jonathan, who actually is a guy who started OneSulting, he and I have been working together for the past two years and we've been just doing a lot of workshops with colleges across the world, right? To date, I think we've done about 80 in the past year and a half. We've actually done four this week, which is crazy. Wow. Um, <laughs> and and what's insane is that, you know, at the beginning of last year, back in 2019, Jonathan was like, you know what, I'm gonna just formalize what we're doing here as one consulting. And then I was brought on to kind of scale the business um, earlier this year in January. And so, Uh, That's really how OneSoulson got started, because we saw a huge gap of opportunities that were kind of given to the Harvards of the world, to the students that went to, you know, the small colleges like Babson, right? And we were thinking about how do we then equal the playing field for every high-performing student out there, because everyone deserves a chance to work at a Facebook, you know, a GE, or maybe even, you know, a Goldman Sachs. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, and that's one of those things that I found very interesting when I would, you know, participate in recruiting when I worked at GE. Um, And sometimes they would say, you know, if they were looking for a certain demographic or if they were trying to say, hey, you know what, the pipeline isn't there. And one of the things that I would challenge and say is maybe we aren't going where the pipeline exists. Because I was like, we have a select few schools that we look at. But I'm like, there's a lot of people out in the equation that we're not giving a shot that I think would be great here. So I think that's something that's very, very big what you guys are doing.
0: Yeah, and I love what you said about that because you know, finding where the talent is I think is the hardest part for companies, right? They only have a limited number of recruiters and limited number of resources so then the question that they're thinking about is how do I find the most talented people as quickly as possible? So it's actually in their best interest to go to three schools that all their execs tell them to go to because they want to PZ as the They want to be able to get as many students as possible uh, through the recruiting process. But the question is, is, if there was a platform, if there was a way for recruiters to get the top 1% from 50 schools or 100 schools versus getting the top 30% across three schools, would they take that opportunity? I, our hypothesis is yes, they absolutely would. It's just that it's too costly for them to do that today. That's the long-term vision of that.
1: Okay. Okay. So we mentioned about the, the workshops that you guys do. Um, what have been some of those, those workshops and what have they, what has the experience with those workshops been like?
0: Yeah. So traditionally, um, so the number one thing we want to make sure that we don't do is we want to make sure we don't overlap with what the career center does or what they'll learn in school. Chances are you don't need another, you know, two guys who just kind of here just telling you the same thing that the career development people will want to do uh, or will teach you to do. And so the thing that we do and we specialize in is we specialize in, okay, we have this new, new era of recruiting where everything is now digital on this platform called right? What does that mean for you? What does the future look like? And what can you do today to make those opportunities for yourself tomorrow and a year down the line? That's, that's what we teach.
1: Okay. Now, I've seen some of your, your the webinars, or I guess the, the live Zooms that you guys have done on LinkedIn. Like, you know, where did that start to come into play for you guys' strategy?
0: Yeah, honestly, it was just to allow people whom we thought had really valuable insight to share, and we just want to share it with the people on our network. Right. And it just started off as, hey, you know, we got, you know, a recruiter on one time and we had some of our friends who we thought were really into the recruiting scene to join on. And then eventually kind of just grew into this thing where, you know, now we like yesterday we had 13,000 people join across a three hour event. Um, we had the SVP from Cisco. We had the global head of internships from Microsoft. We had the head of program design from Google. We had interns from all the big tech companies. We had recruiters from like Airbnb, Robinhood. Wow. You know, it, crazy. Um, and it all started because we were like, you know what? We've, we see people in our network who are just doing great things. We want to give them an opportunity to, you know, basically give them a microphone and say, hey, like just... Do what you keep doing, and let's just have an open conversation. Maybe we've done about 10 of these so far, or
1: maybe a lot Okay. Yeah, and I think that that makes it, I mean, I think that's what makes what Juan Salting is doing uh, a bit special, because, you know, you don't really see that a lot of times where, you know, the people that are in the companies that are, they may not be the spokesperson for the company or they may not be the CEO of a company, but there are tons of people within the company that have their own story that a lot of people can just learn and grow from that story that they have. And and even as I was tuning in to, um, I believe it was um, someone from Microsoft was just telling kind of their background, kind of their story and you know it's surprising how much you know we're encouraged or how much we grow from somebody else's story so i mean i think that what you guys are doing is very special and definitely keep it up
0: (laughs) thank you uh you know at the end of the day what we're trying to do again is just provide those same opportunities that everyone else has at those you know top elite schools to just everybody else right and the more that we can do that um the more that we're accomplishing our mission. So I really appreciate the kind words.
1: No problem. Yeah. One of the things that I did, a couple of questions that I saw in one of the, the recent videos that I wanted to get you to talk about a little bit more is this big question about how do I get my foot in the door? Um, cause That's- I thought you guys had some great insight on that one. So, yeah. I mean, as people are thinking about, Hey, I- I'm not at a big school. I'm not at like one of the top three schools that are on the recruiting list. So it's like, how do I get my foot in the door? The McKinsey's,
0: the Goldman's,
1: the Facebook's, they'll
0: all go to Facebook's or sorry, um, Harvard's campus, but they'll never come to Google or Babson's. Right. Mm-hmm. And so the way to think about getting your foot in the door is, Well, how do I make up that differential and the opportunity gap? It's through LinkedIn. The reason why LinkedIn is a tool and platform to do that is because almost, I think they have like like 700 million users today and every professional has a LinkedIn profile. And so that gives you an opportunity to seek those those people yourselves. Because chances are recruiting is a matter of, is a function of, hey, how many people can I talk to versus how many people can I actually get in can, uh get through the door from the hiring manager side. They're thinking, how can I get the best possible student as uh, a best possible person as soon as possible? They're thinking, okay, well, um, you know, can, should I choose from the people that I know of or should I just look through this pile of, you know, 10,000 resumes that got submitted through the job world? Chances are they'll probably go through the first pile. Then the question is, how do you get to that, get to that list of people that they think of when they think of, oh, I'm hiring for a marketing analyst. Who comes to mind, right? It's networking, figuring out how to get people inside the company to vouch for you. And again, you have to, the key thing here is that people try to A, play the short game. saying, Hey, I'm going to network so I can get an internship tomorrow. It doesn't really <laughs> work like that. Well, relationships are nurtured. They're, 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 I like to compare them to flowers, right? Every relationship is like a flower. They, uh, you can have a cactus, you can have a rose. One requires significantly more care. Um, where you know, a rose, you might have to put in certain humidity, certain temperatures, water a lot more. But on the other hand, you know, cactuses maybe need to be watered once every three months, right? Every relationship is like that. But in both cases, if you never water any of them or give them any care, then they're just not going to grow. Right, And so for you to f- sow the fruits of your labor, you need to care for these relationships and nurture them like you would for flowers. So the key thing is, one, go on, get on LinkedIn. Two, reach out to people where you ultimately want to end up in, right? And genuinely nurture those relationships. Three, just reap the rewards.
1: And I think that is very, uh, something that a salesperson once told me as I was asking them about, you know, doing some sales projection because I mean, I'm a finance and accounting person. So I was <laughs> working for a company, True, trying to forecast, and we're asking about sales projections. And I was sitting in the room and I heard a non-sales person just kind of throw this out like, oh, well, we need to increase sales by like 10% or whatever. And the salesperson was like, well, we gotta check the pipeline to see, you know, what we have in the pipeline. And sales And, and the non-sales person was just like, why can't we just go out and do it? And it's one of those things that taught me, like I said, that uniqueness of, well, the relationship to close that deal is gonna take time. And like I said, if we haven't been nurturing that relationship, we haven't earned the right to ask for the sale yet. And especially when you're doing something big like, you know, in a career standpoint where you're asking someone to take a chance on you to hire you, that you're gonna do a great job to where it's just like it definitely helps when you've nurtured that relationship. <laughs> On on the one hand, you have someone who's very much, "Hey, give me something,"
0: right. On the other hand, someone saying, "Hey, teach me something," mm-hmm. right. Yeah. For most people, if if we had the face to face interaction, everyone would be on the side of, "Hey, teach me something," rather than, "Hey, give me a job." Right? And so it's it's the funniest thing because it feels like this this. The screen allows us to forget that another person is on the opposite side, which I think is is one of the biggest biggest mistakes that people make when they use LinkedIn. No,
1: nope. I definitely think that that makes sense. I was telling uh someone about it's like you know it's very amazing like the number of sales pitches that I get in my inbox on LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at times when I look at the message and like. This person, and and sometimes they're like big ticket items where they're asking me to spend 10 grand on something. I'm like, I don't even know who you are. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. It's almost
0: like this is the next generation of like door-to-door sales. You know what I mean?
1: (laughs) Gotcha. So that helps us understand, like I said, that getting your foot in the door. Now, um, another big thing that that I, I think, And this is something that I think it it impacts people who are new to the career profession as well as people who are seasoned is how do you make the right impression when you're on LinkedIn? Because, you know, kind of from the old school method of, you know, you could read people's body language and you can you did it all in person but now when you're online just making that first impression because a lot of times when you're reaching out to someone they'll either look at your profile or view it it's just like so what is some of the advice you give about being able to make that that lasting and valuable impression through LinkedIn or other social sites
0: the way to make a lasting impression is just to nurture that relationship. And again, I hate, I hate to sound like a you know, squeaky wheel, but it's, it's one of those things that no one does. And it sounds so simple, but, and you, people might be thinking, oh my gosh, like, Jerry, like, don't you have anything else to provide? <laughs> to, give you, to give people some perspective here, so uh, out of the 80 workshops that Jonathan and I have done, we've probably spoken to 15,000 students in person. And on LinkedIn, our content has probably gone over 10 million impressions in the past year. So we just get a large number of messages and interact with a bunch of students. I actually uh, did this challenge on LinkedIn where I challenged professionals to open up their calendars so that people could learn. I've, I've done that three times in my career, and I've spoken to over 300 students through that. The, out of all the students that I've met, out of all the professionals that I've interacted with, I can probably think, recall two names that come to mind as I think back on this whole journey. Wow. The reason why is because no one follows up. And maybe it's because of <laughs> me. Maybe I'm just not a guy you want to follow up with. I completely get that. <laughs> um, maybe one out of the 100 will continuously follow up. That one student who continually follows up and gets mentored by that professional is the person that when, when the professional goes, oh man, I need to hire an analyst. You know. Jerry is a guy I want to I want to hire because he has been expressing interest to me. He has shown so much character development. I don't need to look at this pile of a hundred resumes, right? And that is the number one way to really just think about making that lasting impression. Um, and yes, we can talk about hey, like how do you craft a beautiful message to you get your foot in the door and all that thing. But really, it's following up is the most important aspect that you can do in your LinkedIn career to set these opportunities up for yourself for six months down the line, year down the line, five years down the line.
1: No, that that I think I've been on the receiving side of that. Like even in like prior companies where I've been a hiring manager and there was uh before I left the last company I was at, there was a person that I hired. He actually reached out to me um probably in like, let's say it was probably like February of like twenty nineteen. I ended up hiring him January of 2020 um, because he had <laughs> reached out. <laughs> I mean, when he had reached out, I really didn't have um, any opportunities that were open at the time. But like I said, he reached out, let me know, you know had some questions about... First, he, he wasn't really reaching out to say, hey, can you hire me? He was reaching out, he was saying, hey, I would like to work for a tech company, um, or at least I believe that I would like to work for a tech company can you give me some insight on what it's like working there and so it's like i was helping him kind of navigate the steps in his journey and and, you know after you know two conversations he was like you know based on what i hear i'd be really interested if you guys have any openings down the line let me know so it's like later on down the line when i knew that i was going to have some job openings like i actually reached back out to him and was like hey I'm not making any promises, but hey, here's an opportunity that aligns to what you talked about before. So I it's like, I made sure he was aware of the opportunity and we went through the interview process. I mean, we did um, a lot of team interviews. So the rest of the team really liked him. And I mean, they, they, he was a really good fit. Um, and I think that that made a big difference for him is where even before the job became available, you know, he reached out and started, like I said, nurturing that relationship. And like I said, I'm not saying that it'll take everybody a year to do it, but for him, <laughs> it worked in his favor.
0: Yeah. And, you know, the what's interesting is that when you talk to any se- mid-level senior executive, you'll ask, how did you get in your career, Right. 90% of the time, they won't say, hey, I went out to their job board, applied for a VP of service. And I got my job. At a, at a certain point, when, when, you, when you begin to realize in your career, the recruiting cycle no longer becomes click and apply. Rather, it becomes, who do you know? How, can they vouch for your work? And when those opportunities come up, are you going to be the first person that they think of? Yeah. Right? And that's If you can take a lesson from that, the lesson there is the relationships matter the most in recruiting, right? Because once it comes, and one of my mentors told me this, is the best time to recruit is when you're not looking for a job, right? Because then you can be so picky. You can be, you know what? Hey, I actually don't, I want you to give me a 30% increase in my salary. Otherwise, I won't even look at you, right? And being in that driver's seat is the most optimal position you want to be in because then at that point you can make all the demands and feel good. If you say, actually, all right, maybe let's talk to talking, talk in a year or two. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I really resonate with that. Um, especially, you know, just focusing on the message of network, nurture relationships to let it grow.
1: Oh. Now, do you find that because there's so much attention on the tech industry and the big tech companies, Do you find that many of the students are all focused on tech or do you feel like they're missing out on non-tech opportunities?
0: It's a great question. Um, I, you know, I think the tech the word tech has kind of become a buzzword today, because on one hand, if you ask a group of computer uh, computer engineers, they'll say, "Ah, tech means to me, you know, anything technical, like data science roles, software engineering, product managers." Um, but on the other hand, if you talk to business students or non technical folks, when you say tech, they'll say, "Oh, I want to work for the Google's, the Amazon's, the Facebooks of the world." The majority of the people. Uh, that, that I've spoken to fall in the ladder where they actually aren't technical and they do want to work in a tech company. Um, that being said, I think it's just natural just given the amount of impact that these tech companies are having. That it's, nat- it's very natural for students to say, ah, well, I want to be able to make that type of impact in early in my career so that then I can showcase that to people, people later down in my career. I think that's completely reasonable. Um, I think one thing that people often don't think about as much is they don't think about culture, they don't think about fit, they don't think about all the softer, softer side of things. They just think of the name, impact, and just run towards that path. Um, I have an anecdote of a friend whom I interned with, and he didn't really like his internship at Google, um, and when we converted full-time, uh, he quit after six months. Wow. And for most people, they'll go, well, why would you quit Google, right? <laughs> and for him, he just didn't like his job, right? And for most people, they might look at him and go, oh my gosh, you're crazy. But the reality, of it, reality is, regardless of kind of what you might see on movies or TVs, um, you know, working at a tech company is a job, right? You're gonna spend 40, 50, 60 hours doing the work that you would be doing in another company. And so you really have to make sure that you prioritize you over the company um, at all times and making sure that you're making the right decision for yourself.
1: So how do you find um, ways of understanding what that culture is like before like people get in the door? Because I think people are you know, oftentimes mesmerized by the name of the organization that they don't take the time to step back and say, all right, let me take a sober look at this opportunity and see, is it a good fit? So what kind of advice do you give people on hey this is how you can start to understand what that culture is before you make that jump. You would talk to people in that company or industry to say hey
0: well you know first you know how, how what do you like about the culture what don't you like about the culture how would you describe that to me? But more importantly, the more people you talk to in that company or team, the more you begin to realize a you'll begin to see patterns of the kind of people. Do they only hire you know, extroverts? Are they all introverted? Or do they only, you know, um, what are their like favorite activities? And so it's really just doing your homework and you do your homework by just talking to people, which ultimately comes back to networking. <laughs> um, I promise I'll have different answers than networking throughout this entire <laughs> call. Um, but it's talking to people, making sure that you ask the questions that really, Get you curious and making sure you use that information to make the decision that's best for you.
1: Awesome! So I I definitely, like, said, thank you for hopping on the interview. And and but before we wrap things up, I do want to ask you: How can people that are listening follow you know other videos, other content, other material that Juan Salting? Like, where can they find you guys?
0: Yeah. So you can find us on Wansultan.com. We have everything kind of listed out there. But if you wanna engage with us, um, LinkedIn is the best opportunity. Network with me, (laughs) send me a personalized invite. Um, And you can just search up uh, uh, Jerry Lee uh, Google on LinkedIn. I'm probably gonna be one of the the first ones on there.
1: Hey, definitely thank you so much for being on the Business Talk Library and all the best to you and the Juan Salting team. Um, Like I said, continue the great work you guys are doing. I think there are a lot of people who are benefiting and growing from what you guys have to offer.